So, hello, and welcome to the first podcast called uh, David and Goliath Football. Is that right? That is absolutely fine. Um, That's what we're called. We're called that. Why are we called that again? You well, came up with it. There's two reasons. Firstly, because you're tall and I'm small, hence David yeah. and Goliath. Secondly, David and Goliath. That's nice way of putting it. <laughs> yes. David and Goliath is also the underdogs, you know, the underdog winning. And I think we kind of almost represent the underdogs somewhat, but we'll talk more about that. As we go on. Oh, right, well, third, that's gone. Third reason, we have a dog with us, Bella. Yeah, just as a warning, I'm dog-sitting. Um, I'm Stefan, by the way. Nice to meet you all. And I'm dog-sitting, so if you hear us making weird sounds, that's us, not the dog. Um, she's, <laughs> she's a little bit special. Um, she's a bit of a wimp, so, uh, so am I. So there you go. Right, so that's the name of the show. Um, as I said, I'm Stefan, and... This is... Daniel, or as he calls me, Poor Teddy, because, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't even know why. Why is that? It's your surname. Well, yes, but everyone has a surname. See, look, this is how smart he is. You'll also hear me take the mick out of him uh, being a doctor, or almost a doctor of sorts. Not a medical doctor, not a real one. One of those <laughs> fake ones. Um, he doesn't even know his own surname, yet he's going to get a doctorate. That's a sign of the education system, although I can't really speak, being a teacher. Oh, but that, that's, that's a long and different discussion about the education system, which is, yeah, another time. <laughs> I could go on about that as well. <coughs> well, you won't be doing education talks. That'll be for any other podcast that probably will never happen. Um, <laughs> but we will be doing football podcasts. That's what we're here for. Um, so there's a bit more background about us. We are both based in South London, born and raised in South London, although um, Portelli here is, from the name, half Maltese. Quarter Maltese. Quarter Maltese. Have you been there? Like uh, once? Several like times, yeah. When was the last time? Um, oh, years ago. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't really count. Which um, <laughs> is why he's such a midget, but he's not really, but we say he's a midget. <laughs> and um, I'm the opposite of a midget, um, tall and width-wise. And I'm a Crystal Palace <laughs> nut season ticket for like 17 years. Portelli, who do you support now? Good question. I used to support Manchester United, but I kind of got disillusioned with how they operated as, as a club. I mean, essentially, it was just like a big football manager game. And so I basically just followed my local team, Bromley, which kind of links on to why we're doing the podcast, because I feel there isn't, there's this big bias in terms of um, mainstream media coverage for A, the big clubs are also based on people just judging things on reputation or matters that aren't really objective, not really fair. They're not, and we're almost missing the soul of football, I suppose. And that's why we... It's ironic, isn't it? Don't stop listening that um, you've got a Man United fan, first of all, Ex-United. who's talking about soul. What would they know about soul? <laughs> I agree. Uh, but really, we're doing it because um, we're geeks about football and we're bored with nothing else to do. Um, that's probably just... You're calling, you're calling a doctor... Uh, almost doctor in mathematical modern and a geek. Strange. Yeah, I'll stop him there. Right. <laughs> yeah, he likes his maths. Um, all right, okay, so let's get started. That's enough for the introductions. Um, <clears throat> we've got a list of topics that we're going to talk through, and I'm sure they'll go off course. That's kind of what we want to happen. Uh, we haven't got any guests because, um, quite frankly, um, no one's sad enough to do it. Apart from Bella the dog. Well, apart from the dog, yeah, but she doesn't say anything. Like She's the quietest dog ever. Um, <laughs> And if you think, oh, Stefan, he's got a cold. I always sound like this. It's not cold. Probably a bit worse at the moment. A bit of a bad sinuses generally, but a bit worse being Christmas time. So ho, ho, ho. Happy Christmas, by the way. This is on Boxing Day 2015, is it? Yeah. yeah, 2015. Yeah. I've had a few beers. We've got beers on standby here. <laughs> right, so some of the topics we're going to take you through, go on. So, okay, so we've got four main topics. First one I'm going to start with is actually about Leicester. 
Um, but not just about Leicester. Everyone knows they're doing well. They're great, playing really, really just well. Just summarise it. Does it, we'll does it show the um, laziness of big teams in terms of recruitment and scouting? And have the big clubs got better? Worse, sorry. And have the smaller clubs got better? What does this represent? All right, move on. Uh, next one is... Just the intros, then. About Mesut Odesil. We're going to talk about him and also um, whether other players deserve the praise or had the same attention on them. How will they do? Uh, next, we're going to talk about defenders. Do you need to pay much money for them? And then finally, we're going to talk about transfer windows and the new manager boost. Is that a myth or is that true? Okay. Good. Sounds good. So let's get started with Leicester City. Um, <clears throat> what I'd like to start off with saying about Leicester is that as a Palace fan, um, I consider myself one of those annoying real fans that big club fans hate to, us to hate the concept of. What I mean by that is because Palace have lost for so many years, I appreciate a lot about football, not just the winning. Um, and also, um, I appreciate a good set of fans who have had some troubled years and are now benefiting from their loyalty. So, first of all, I think it's amazing. It's, it's refreshing to see Leicester do so well. And their fans do deserve it, although they're not the most vocal. I don't, you know, they're not, I don't think they're sort of Derby-level or Leeds-Sheffield Wednesday-level loyalty. They are still a decent set of fans who generally prefer egg chasing in rugby. but um, And they create a pretty good atmosphere. As, as a Palace fan, we're very proud about our atmosphere. And um, Although they use those annoying happy clapper things, um, <laughs> they do create an atmosphere and uh, fair play to it because there are very few clubs in the Premier League that actually do create one, hence why Palace gets so much praise. So first of all, I, I'm sure you want to echo just how, when we talk about Leicester, we're going to be, you know, if we say anything negative, it's, we're not trying to knock the small club, yeah. smaller club. Um, the other thing I want to point out is that although we are representing the fact that you know they are a smaller club, I'd like to point out that they actually spent a lot of money in the championship, not just for championship standards, but at the time, even comparatively to some premiership clubs. So they were pretty... They, they underperformed for a number of years before they came up, which meant that they were pretty well prepared for promotion, although it's still never easy to do that transition. I'd also like to say that as well as they're doing, I think a huge amount of credit needs to go to the old manager. What was his name? That's it, Pearson, who was a depressing fella. (laughs) But he got them on this great run, um, which I'm sure a lot of the credit should go to him in the dressing room. But fair play to Tinkerman for not changing it too much. I'll be honest, at the start of the year, I did not think that was the manager they would need for what I thought would be, at best, a sort of... 13th, 14th. Well, we both did that prediction spreadsheet. And well, put, where did um, we put them? I can't remember. Well, it's very, very low down, maybe even fighting relegation. We should load that up at some point for mm. another podcast. Mm, true. Go on. What else do you want to say about Leicester before we get <clears> into Well, the I've threat? got a question to ask you, actually, before we go into any depth about this. And it's, um, as a Paris fan, do you think Leicester is stealing your thunder a bit? Yeah, I'm fine with that, though. Okay, no, I think us Palace fans are fine to go under yeah. the radar. I think it actually benefits us, in a way, a little bit less... Mm pressure and attention that comes onto us and because like I say I'm not I'm sort of in the mode of fair play to them so I'm really not I really don't mind but yeah they definitely have overshadowed not just ours but so far speaking at this point in Boxing Day Watford's great Mm. season oh yeah who haven't been spoken about yet as much as maybe they should have I didn't tip them to do badly I actually tipped them to do well yeah again they had an exceptional team last year who have nicked all these players in a very dodgy way it is completely sorry Watford fans it's completely illegal what you've done completely immoral but you've got a great team you had a great team last year 
whatever 15 managers or whatever you had. And uh, Icarlo, I particularly tipped and put in one of my fantasy football teams um, for being a quality player. Everyone was talking about Dini in the summer and not Igalo. Igalo got like 20 goals in 22 games or something last year. So I was really trying to point that out to Dan yeah, and yeah, other mates. Yeah, and that one's come very good. Um, and we'll talk about how they embarrassed Liverpool when we talk about a bit more about Klopp. <laughs> Absolutely. I think yeah. as well, coming back to the um, point about Watford, is that they actually have... They signed all those players and hardly any of them are playing. And I think that's quite, in, in a way, impressive that the managers... There's not much disharmony. I mean, maybe there is, but clearly it's not affecting... What do you mean they're not playing? He's playing a lot of the signings, isn't he? Yeah, but didn't they sign about 16-odd players? They signed an awful lot of players. Yeah, but then why did he sign them? He signed them, so you can't give him... You can give him praise that he didn't throw them straight in, but on the other hand, if, if he didn't need them, he shouldn't have signed them. Again, reasonable point. I'm not saying otherwise, but I think that kind of... The fact that Watford are doing so well, people have almost forgotten that, which is kind of the point you were making. Not great fans, by the way, Watford. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. So, again, kind of back in the trend like Leicester in a way, in, in their own way, that when you when you talk about things, when you look at them, you think, yeah, they could struggle, but they haven't. I didn't think they would. Yeah. The only reason I thought they might was because although he comes with a mixed but generally promising reputation, I thought that risk of not only all the new players of the different nationalities but someone who doesn't know the Premier League um, we're going to talk about it later on but clubs appointing people when they know they're going to be in danger I know Watford aren't but when they assume they're going to be in danger but appointing managers without any Premier League experience is a big big risk um, hence I think Sunderland have got a better chance than Aston Villa which is okay they've got more points but also, but, yeah. um, you know, others down there, depending on if Swansea appoint this uh, very, very exceptional business guy who's got a great reputation. I still don't think, actually, I think that's a big risk. Do you think they're in trouble, though, Swansea? I know they're, both, I know they're in the bottom three, <laughs> but do you realistically think with the players they, they have? At the moment, they're winning 1-0 last time I checked. Hmm. I, I, don't th- I think they would pull away, but I think that they are in trouble if they get the wrong man. Okay, At the end of the both. day, the... the League table doesn't lie, and I didn't think it until I realised how low they'd slipped. I've been pretty blasé about ah, they're about fourteenth. Yeah, yeah. Ah, it's not a big deal, and all of a sudden, okay, so I don't know. I guess I haven't looked at that bottom end. I know that sounds really arrogant as a Palace fan, as much in terms of the points between it. The only reason I looked at it really was to laugh at Chelsea and look. And at obviously, the they're winning three. again now, so they they were always going to be above Swansea eventually. Yeah, but yeah. again, even with Chelsea, you never know. Well, they're, 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 they're potentially safe now, I'd imagine. That, uh, well, they're not safe till they get 40 points. Fair point, fair point. And but, uh, it'll be interesting to see who they sign, but I'm sure they'll put... But they don't need to sign anyone, if, you know, because they don't even see much point in them signing anyone. They're not they still get... need a striker, no? Yeah, but, I mean, I, I only see the point of them signing anyone if you can think they can get top four. I still think that you can justify signings for the future now better than... Yeah, for the, for the future, fair enough, but when, when do Chelsea do that? I mean, I suppose now Mourinho's gone, possibly. Maybe players like Kennedy, youngsters will get a chance. He didn't get much of a go, only as a sub and stuff under Mourinho. Anyway, this is a mm. this is definitely Mourinho. I don't know why that's not on the list, considering he's gone. Well, well, there. maybe maybe the manager's part of the end. I think when we talk about okay, yeah. All right. um, so we'll let's get back to Leicester. We've really well, gone off right, course. So I, I've got, I've got a bit of the question. Uh, the thing the thing <coughs> we can talk about how well Leicester have done, but the most impressive thing for me is that, and we talked about Tinkerman, is that plenty of managers 
would have start would have played people like in there and that ten million pound guy Kamerich is that what he's called Kamerich Kamerich yeah. they they would have played those guys but he didn't he played Vardy he's played Drinkwater he played he, the Japanese guy though, who he well and, but the, but he's doing well it's he's just a hard working guy but the point is is that another manager would have just thrown in all those names um, but he hasn't and this this is this is the reward and kind of shows what you can do if you give young <coughs> players a chance and also also players not not necessarily the right reputation pick on merit. And we've shown it here. And I definitely think that, um, I mean, we've, we've said for a long time that Ranieri was one of the main reasons why Mourinho had such a successful first spell at Chelsea. Oh, definitely. He yeah. was very harshly sacked and he recruited very, very well. And Mourinho got the fruits of that, a lot of them. I know he has to do his own thing still. And it does take um, someone who isn't just a big ego with the press hitting on him as well and attacking him quite early. It, it takes a man of, of real experience to... To do that rather than just play the names. And, yep. and you know, I, I wanted Inland to play as a half Swiss guy here. Um, I, I really rate him, although I guess his best years maybe past him. Um, but that other defensive midfielder, I can't remember his name at the top of my head now. Um, Don's not Don, I can't remember. Yeah, I know the one you he's mean. Been exceptional. He's, he's been really good, yeah. Exceptional. Can't, can't yeah. yeah. However, as good as he's been, the reason why I'm not sure Leicester can continue it is, well, a few reasons. Obviously, squad depth. Just the way that it seems to go every year. We've had. I, I, still, I still think they've got four solid strikers. Yeah, but I the reason why I think that they will struggle to maintain it is that they let in too many goals. They score plenty. Yeah. But I just think that title-winning teams, when the momentum slows down and you can't keep it going all season, especially over the busy Christmas period of all these games coming up, is that you you need to have more clean sheets. And I rate really rate their goalkeeper. Um, but I just feel like if they do need to make a signing, we'll get onto it later on with mm. signings. Then, although I don't want them to upset the apple cart, I think um, a centre-back could be good. Also, there's this balance now. You don't want to upset things by bringing in too many new players, but if ever they're going to be able to sign a big-name player, it's when they're sitting Ooh, top of the good, league. Good point, good point. So it's that balance, that risk. It's a tough one. It's a, it's a challenge for Ranieri now. Mm. Well, I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I actually want to make a point about defence, actually, which we'll probably talk about more in our other section. But does a good defender... Let's say they sign the best defender in the world. Let's say company joins them. Does that actually solve their problem? Because they essentially don't defend, they concede goals because of the way they play. You know, sort of gun quite gung ho, 4 4 2. So um, does that really, it's more. If we you go want on to, to that. And we well, we're going through it in a bit more detail, but I'm just asking you if you're saying they sign defender, <laughs> would that make much difference? I, I, I mean, this is going on to the next topic in a way, but I completely agree that <clears throat> I've seen good defenders crumble, lose confidence and fall apart at Crystal Palace. Um, I'm thinking of people relatively for the league that they're in, like Darren Ward, in a bad setup, in a bad coaching setup. And I've seen very average players excel and do fantastically who are well coached. I think about Birmingham's great defence a few years ago and I know Scott Dan was part of that, which he's, I think he's very good. I think it was more but, their goalkeepers in my opinion. Both both those seasons, I think they had Hart and goal for one season and Foster and then they got player they got player of the they got player of the year for Birmingham both I thought defence was pretty good as well. But yeah, I mean <coughs> yeah, I I make the point that mm. coaching is the thing. Now whilst we're giving Ranieri respect and credit for being experienced um, if he is that experienced, he should have highlighted that he needs to get in an extra defensive coach and maybe he needs to have a plan B because they will be given more respect now. Uh, only Palace are one of the only teams that went there to their ground and gave them respect. We sat back and played like a, mm. like we did at Everton 
Um, whereas most clubs are quite open against them and that will change. So they're going to have to have a different way to play. And he's Italian, so he should, if anyone, know how to defend and know how to play a 1-0 boring away win. So it'll be interesting to see if they can make this transition. Now here's a question for you, though. Do you th- I mean, I want to talk about something else in a minute, but do you think that if Ranieri had, say, let's say he adopted those Italian principles and they, they conceded their skulls, do you think they'd still be top of the league? Because I don't think they would. No, yeah. I, I generally agree mm. that, of course, going <coughs> for the three points is the way forward. Mm. Um, and I don't think that they've got the solid base. I know if you coach well enough, you can do it. But I don't think they've got the players to play in a too defensive way. Mm. But if they want to win the league, I just don't think they can play at gung-ho all season. So I think they're going to have to have a different dimension at some point. They've got away with it for a long time, though, so maybe I'm wrong. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's do you stick or twist, <coughs> but I think... I'm always of the opinion that you go for it with your principles because you don't want to change things. They they go more defensive. <coughs> they end up losing games one nil or drawing nil nil. It's a tough one. It's a tough. It's a tough decision. It is a tough. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I know that the two stars everyone talks about. Uh, we haven't mentioned Mares and Vardy. Oh, oh, I won't talk about them certainly. I genuinely, not just saying it in retrospect, mm. picked out Mares as an exceptional talent when he was in the championship. I thought that he was quality. Um, but did he sign for them in the championship? Yeah, yeah, he played for them in the championship for at least one year, okay, if not two. Um, because I remember him when uh, when they were going for promotion and stuff like that. Okay. And um, he was ex- he was clearly a talent. As for Vardy, Aha, yes. I, 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 there's nothing more than a, a, the person I am. There's nothing more that would make me happy to say he's the real deal. He's great. Lower league football talent. Blah blah blah. But in my opinion, I'm sorry, it's great what he's doing, but I just don't think he'll maintain it in the long run because if you look at his record, his goal-scoring record isn't bad, but it's not exceptional enough to make me think he's natural ability. I think a lot of it's momentum, confidence, fair play. He's got himself very fit. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't think it will last. I don't think he's top quality. But fair play to him and... He should be in the England squad because we have a lack of options and he's on form. He's That's a separate top of the podcast altogether talking is, about yeah. the England squad. Yes, it is. Well, okay. So I, I, let's say I agree with you, Vardy, which I think is slight, slightly harsher. But let's say I agree. Does this not show? And this kind of talks talks about the big clubs. What you can do with average players, you don't necessarily no, need to spend all this kind of money. The reason being is that <coughs> Vardy wouldn't be doing this if he was at a big club because he'd be in and out of the team, and they don't develop them. Mm-hmm. And you need development, you need confidence, and this also leads to another podcast which must come, which is my point about how actually I don't think many players can develop playing in the Premier League because the spotlight, the magnifying glass, is so much so, and the fans get quite short quite quick um, so I think you need to actually play in the championship or below to build especially as a young player to develop and to have more yeah. uh, time without people being analysing you too much or a manager that will have huge faith in you regardless yeah is... there are some who mm. buck this trend but I mean I think about Wilfred Zahart who I'm actually <coughs> not as big a fan as most Palace fans are of in terms of his ability but he was largely shocking in his first few seasons at Palace but he was given that time to develop because we saw something. But he'd never been given that time and those games to develop. And he needed games to improve if he'd been at a Premier League club. Well, so. definitely. I mean, this this almost moves on to our next segment. So I just want to close this with saying about does Leicester show up the big clubs in the way? You know, would 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 a, would a Manchester United have touched a Vardy or a Mares, even though you would argue that is 
is Rooney any better than Vardy at this this point? I mean, I know obviously in the past he has been. Would you would you argue that any of their big signings are any better than Mares? See, this is again where I I would love to agree with you, Portelli, but I actually think I'm starting to think that. You, as a big club at Man United these days I just don't think you can sign in that market for the first team anyway but they used to that's the thing they, they, yeah but you know, football used was different be, used to, yeah but even not that long ago they picked up a Hernandez quite cheap or yeah but he wasn't you can't compare a Hernandez to a Vardy no no fine I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you that but I'm more just kind of thinking like if you look at some of the big you know, Evra Evra okay. um, Vidic yeah these, these were the these were the guys these were, they didn't necessarily sign big names and then now they're just signing names that arguably aren't much better I mean, I definitely think the names they've signed are bang average, yeah, at best, for a lot of money. But I still don't think that you can necessarily recruit Vardy's. Vardy's, yes. Yeah, that's well, that's fair, Young, fair enough. I'll give you Vardy, but they can recruit a Mares, They can develop. recruit a Kante. They could recruit um, for a few others. I mean, who, who are doing well? I mean, even the, even the, um, Okazaki. I mean, he's doing fine. Certainly, he, he he looks more of a worker than an ability to. But make. but you said that about Vardy. Look what, hard, look what hard work can take you. It can, but over the long term and under the pressure. Well, do these clubs think game? about long term? You know, just, well, but, you know, yeah. But I just think also that if you're United, I just think that generally you get a lot less space. No, I, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, there, there is that fact. There is that factor as well. I think you need very technical players, which yeah. is why I think Marius would work because he is a technical player mm. who who doesn't just need space. We haven't seen him truly marked out of games yet and we will, we, he will get more attention put on him so it'll be interesting to see how well he does with that um, but yeah I do think you need clever players like Matters who can pick a little absolutely, pass absolutely yeah I mean I've no, no complaint issues of Matters or Herrera's <clears throat> but when you're paying I mean even though I think he's quite good 30 odd million for a work course like Scheidling you know could you could it's 20 million 20 odd million fine is drink water significantly worse and he was Actually, a youth player we didn't yeah. mention drink water he yeah. is an unsung and hero he was a youth player at United yeah, no, I, I'll give you that, and that leads on to one or other thing. as well. If you play players like Drinkwalker mm-hmm. long enough, if you give them the time that they'll yeah, give, yeah, so we can move on to the second now. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. is this what is that the second topic? Yeah, we're going to talk about that. So yes, move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, the second topic mm. is go on. You say it. Well, it's about like giving players time. So we're seeing the benefits of Oatsill after about two seasons, in my opinion, of reasonable averages. You can make the point about De Gea. They're big names. They'll give them the time point Stefan was making could it have done the same if Drinkwater had those years as we've seen Drinkwater clearly is a capable premiership player you've got countless others I mean another example off and is Tim Howard had a couple of bad games for United was gone yet very capable keeper for Everton can you give the time for these players well let's reputation? talk let's talk about some of those examples mm. first of all I think Howard after a first great season yeah totally bottled it under the pressure of being at a big club like United so I'm not sure that I don't know if he would have come back around I think he needed a step down maybe he did but De Gea was atrocious for his first year that's Absolutely true atrocious. but he was young so maybe they Howard, stuck Howard it wasn't out. exactly old he was I mean I know he was about 25 or so but he wasn't exactly mm, fair point and he was exceptional in the first season so he'd already yeah. built up some I, I'm, if they paid 20 million for Howard he'd, he'd, he'd still be there but if I said that people like Sahar mm. need sometimes to play at a lower level, mm. lower, to develop before they get good, mm. then maybe some players like a drink water actually need to do the same before they get good I, um, rather than play through it. So it's difficult, a manager who can make that choice of which players do they need to stick with. I mean, if you think about a Cleverly, yeah. he 
is starting to look a bit better at Everton now. Maybe he should have made that drop down and maybe he will come good. So it's, it's hard making that I, decision. I, I, I agree if on the premise that those players like a drink water will get the chance. And I kind of think those kind of players <coughs> don't. They almost get like... Yeah, well, I mean, I was alluding this point with United. They just sign names for the sake of it. Chelsea, the same, you know. But my point, how do you decide which, which you need to give a chance to come good and which need to drop down a level to come good? How well, do you make that well, decision? That, that's, that's, where, that's where the managers get paid the big money and the coaches. It's... Yeah. Because a lot of people on the Palace A lot of it's forum, mentality. You've got to judge a player's mentality. A lot of the Palace Forum people have been given Pardew credit for... Um, this was on one of their podcasts. Le- knowing when to drop players who aren't performing. Yeah. And their example is Sahar. Yeah. And when players need to play through bad form because of their ego, because of their confidence. Mm. And Punchins used an example. Personally, I think that... I don't agree. Personally... Um, I think you got. To, uh, I can see the argument, but I think you got to be consistent. And I think that punching has been under his very good level for too long this season. So I think he should have been dropped. Um, so I think Sahar's been a bit unfairly treated. But to be fair, maybe he he's got it right with Sahar because he does sometimes think kick, uh, kick up the bum. I don't know. So it's a t- my point is, is it's a tough one as a manager. Yes, certainly. To know. Which players you drop when they're playing badly, which we'll get onto the Ozil bit, mm. and also which players have got the ability that if you stick with them will come good. But definitely De Gea was given a long, long chance because they must have seen something, but plus the fee. They couldn't, it was to save face because of the big fee they played. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a really good point. It's difficult, but I think, I mean, one, one prime example is a Mourinho. When Chelsea doing well, he gets credit for being decisive. Now they're doing badly, people have just realised, oh yeah, Mata was a good player, why did he get rid of him? De Bruyne's a good player, why did he get rid of him? Lukaku. 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 As if they were bad players, but now Mourinho's doing poorly, they were, they were good players. The fact is, he was, he's wasteful. But, I, I completely agree with the wasteful to ha- um, Mourinho thing, but have we got time for this on the podcast? No, no, I mean, this, I mean not, not really, but this was just, just a point I'm making. When... When does a manager become wasteful and when, when do they not? I mean, you're making the point about, you know, De Gea. Fair enough, but if De Gea had been a youth player to come through, they'd, they'd, have got, they'd have got rid of him a long time ago. Or if he'd been an English name that came through. I sometimes Ooh, feel that if you're English mm. name, sometimes it can play into your hands and you can get the benefit of it, yeah. maybe like a Grealish. I okay. think sometimes he's or been so like, average. You, you mentioned Clever, Cleverly as an example as well, yeah. Yeah, but it, it, it didn't really work out for him either no, way. he didn't really get a benefit of being yeah. English okay, no I think that Grealish although Irish mm. English whatever you chose England would he be this raved about if he was a, he wasn't a local boy at a villa probably not cause he I, has I almost don't mind English. that though because I think all things being equal you're going to go for your local person that's about, I almost feel the limitancy here is like the opposite well yeah I do yeah. think your name I mean I remember when People like Fonte, who I love as a bloke, top bloke, who's done great at Southampton. <laughs> well, there we go. Stefan no, but when, Fonte. <laughs> but no, when he used to uh, play some quite simple passes from the back at Palace, because he was a foreign name, people were like, oh, he's a very cultured centre-back. Ah, good word. Whereas if he'd been an English guy playing that, he wouldn't have got the same praise. I mean, Scott Dan, mm. he is quite good on the ball. And yes, he's generally recognised as a, a ball-playing centre-back, but... If he was a foreign and he had that style, I think he'd get a lot more credit for it. So I think that actually when you're a young English guy coming through, maybe it works other ways. There are certain stereotypes about you. Maybe if you're a young um, 
Spanish guy coming through, then if the club and, uh, uh, need someone to stick in and be a bit of a grafter, they wouldn't think that you're that sort of a player. So maybe it can go both ways. Oh, certainly. I mean, um, one thing Spurs fans tend to say about Lemeda, that he actually lacks skill, but he's a hard worker, which kind of is, seems to be the opposite. I of... thought it was the opposite. I thought no, he I had agree. skill, I was, but... Yeah, well, that's the thing about from what, from what, I've seen, what I've seen from the Spurs fan, they, they think he's just a hard worker. Well, um, I mean, yeah. this, this is a great example of what we're talking about. Mm. John Obi McKell. Oh, yeah, go. <laughs> given loads of time. Yeah. Converted because they realised he wasn't good enough in the position they signed him to a defensive central midfielder and never really came good. But, but a lot. I mean, it's quite it's quite amazing how he's never really come good actually. Um, but surely even a bang average player would have come good at some point. For I, I, I I watched. Um, why, why has Mourinho put all that faith in Mikel, but he doesn't put that faith in someone like Lukaku, who's clearly got talent. Well, because think say we like Mikel, he does he does he does he does the average job. He'll pay the five yard passes and not venture forward. He, he doesn't, doesn't manage. Doesn't take risks. But my my issue is not that he doesn't do the job. It's us. It's the fact that plenty of other players could do that for far less fee. It's the wastefulness of these big clubs. And probably add a bit of extra on top as well. They, mm. They've got this one youngster I was watching playing for England, defensive mid, whose name escapes me now. Who's this, Chelsea? Yeah. I, I watch his cheek? No, no, it's the um, under-21 game. Um, Not McCricker a few years ago, No, is no, someone in between. It's oh, really bad. I, I'll try and remember the name. But he's um, he played very well and really should have been... I thought, why does he not get a chance at Chelsea? And he never really played. I think he was on loan at the Championship. I don't know. Um, no, I, I'll, I'll Sam Hutchinson. No, no, no. no. He, he was, years yeah. back, Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, but that's the thing. You don't. And Mikhail's not even exceptional at his job. He, I, I've watched him play. People run past him. He, he does not track. He's not good. Do you know, Chelsea leader. fans. I say this too. They say, oh, but you know, four or five Chelsea managers have have kept him in the squad. So you, you, there must be something good about him. But that's, to me, that's just a lazy answer. Very, yeah. Um, that's just, there's been loads of players who have been rubbish that managers have liked for whatever reason. Maybe they're reliable in the dressing room. That's fine, but that's not enough. Especially for a big bias. club. If you've paid a lot of money for someone, you'll look at, you'll remember the one good pass they make, not the ten bad ones. Ah, now that comes into youngsters. I know we need a separate podcast on youngsters. Mm. I don't feel like any club Although we're picking on Chelsea, any club in the Premier League, barring maybe Southampton, give youngsters a proper chance. I mean, their own youngsters, not youngsters nicked at the age of 17. Mm. I include Palace in this, who have got a famous rich history of giving youngsters a chance. But right now, although we're changing some things in the background and sending them out on more loan to give us a better chance because of what I was talking about in terms of needing time to develop at a lower level... I feel like we're looking for excuses. We're looking to, for that one pass that they didn't do well so that we cannot give them a chance and that we can justify signing an average player for five, six million at the championship level. I genuinely believe that there's, there's too many excuses for not giving youngsters a chance in the Premier League. I get the fact that it's a conundrum, it's a cauldron, sorry, of noise and it's an intensity of media pressure, but still... There's room to give them a bit of a chance. And I praise Southampton um, for giving players over recent seasons uh, a really good go from the youth team. I hope that continues. Is that down to necessity, though? No. Southampton have got a Swiss rich owner. Okay. So I don't think it is. I think I think they could have. I mean, look at Chambers. I know, yeah, it's not worth well, it. As we say, I mean, we you know, come back to the list, for example, it's not exactly youngsters, but it's about being fair, giving people a chance. We're seeing what they can do when they've picked on merit rather than just the name. 
Yeah. And you can apply it to youngsters. You can apply it to so-called lesser names. And again, using the Man United example, they're just signing big names for the sake of it. Isn't really working. Well, talking of youngsters, <clears throat> Palace, we haven't right, had a youngster to make a first-team league appearance or at least start for something like two years. We got people like Fraser Campbell and Jordan Much starting today. And are you telling me that a Sully Kaikai wouldn't do? I know he's not the same position, but wouldn't wouldn't do better? I'm telling you nothing, Kai. Palace is your thing. <laughs> True. My point is, is that I do think that youngsters don't really get a chance. Um, but we've definitely got off track. What was even the topic? Oh, about like well, no, I would say we're on track. It's about whether giving people a fair chance, is, and we, you know, we'll come back to vote. So he's doing well now, but he's had a lot of faith into him. Is this topic three then? No, this is still topic two. This is still about. Did we start on Oakville? Yeah, we haven't yeah. really spoken about. Well, it, it was. It was the, the point was it was about the fact that when. How how come some players get more of a chance than others? Well, with him, it's definitely the fee. Now, yeah. Let's, let's talk although, properly, Oatsil. Although some Arsenal fans will claim he's been brilliant from day one. But... No, that's ridiculous. Let's talk about Oatsil then. So, Oatsil, I remember watching him when he was playing for Germany under-21s and Werder Bremen as a youngster. And I remember one game in particular, he missed loads of chances, but he was getting in goal-scoring opportunities and taking beating people. Um, and he was exceptional, and despite the fact that he missed loads of these chances, I was like, wow, what a young player we have here. Um, and then I don't watch Spanish football in detail, but from what I believe, he, he had a lot of good assists there. So he came to Arsenal for a massive fee, especially for Arsenal's and Wenger's tight standards. £44 million, I believe. Yep. And I think his first month or two, he was exceptional. He was genuinely grabbing the games by the scruff of the neck, Scoring the last touch for an assist with genuinely great passes, and he was a big influence. He saw, you know, he he was huge. But then after those first two months, let's, I mean, as you say, some Arsenal fans will say otherwise, but it was ridiculous. He was anonymous. He was dead quiet. He didn't even put in. A, people say he worked hard. No, he didn't. I'd watch games. He didn't put in a shift. He didn't really get stuck in with tackles which is what some players do when things aren't going so well for them on the ball I just genuinely thought he was totally carried completely agree? I, I, I think the working hard thing is slightly harsh I, th- I, think, I think you can work hard without being stuck in tackles he's, I, I have no issue with him he, in terms of that he's involved nah, he's a luxury No, I'm not saying he's involved and I get the point about luxury but yeah I, I, I think he doesn't doesn't do enough. I think he hasn't. He hasn't done enough. I mean, for for that for that price, you expect a Sanchez, and also and also. Let's talk about yeah. I'm 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 going to almost get slated here, but he has he has negatively affected Sanchez. People point point out that when they combine, it's brilliant. But look at Sanchez's goal return and output return, pre Oatsil and now post Oatsil, um, post Oatsil, coming back from injury because you can't build a team around two players. Sanchez had the freedom of the park before Oatsil. Now Oatsil's in his role. Fine doing what he does, fine. Sanchez has to be isolated on the wing a bit more. When they combine, it's great, but for every one game they combine with a great goal, there's five or six games where Sanchez isn't doing, doing much. And I think that has, has a negative effect. And in my opinion, I'd build a team around Sanchez. I'd agree, I'd, I'd agree mm. with that. In the, I, I love Sanchez. I think him and Aguero 
uh, head and shoulders the best two players in the league. Yaya, of course, when he wants to be. Yep. Silva, when yeah, sure he's been a bit injured recently. So Silva's uh, not quite. I like Silva. He's not quite there. He and lacks he's, something. He's yeah. Yard of pace, probably. Yeah. And probably he's been it, poor yeah. the last few weeks since he's come back from injury. Hopefully, but for me, yeah. for me, they're the standout players mm. in the league. I. So, so what does, with Odes for that, I mean, people point to his like, most assists in Europe, but I mean, his two assists um, last game against uh, Man City were just nothing. But, well, you say they're nothing, people will say they're against Man City, though. Well, I mean, it was more about Walcott's excellent goal for the first one. That was a great strike, <laughs> yeah. very um, Walcott like, yes, these random. Well, well I mean, that, again, that's another podcast, but um, yeah, that's the thing. But no, he's. He, he, his. He, his Right, we've been slating okay. him for a long time, mm. and I think, despite what some Arsenal fans say, that has been merited for the, especially for the fee that he's been paid. And he's not a youngster who I know you need a bit of time changing to a new league, but not this much time when you're not a youngster. Um, when you pay that much, you've got to walk in, you've got to do well, um, regardless. Maybe because of his age, more so than like a Martial. Um, but as much as I think we justifiably knocked him last year. Although I'm still not convinced this year, it's hard to knock him this year. His actual assist record this year yeah. is actually exceptional. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Although, even when you're getting praise at the beginning of the season, for me, I didn't, I, I've watched yeah. a few games, he was not doing much at the beginning. Even, the, though, even if he got an assist, his overall performance wasn't Well, that's my good. point. The reason that I'm still sceptical, and this may seem like I've just got a chip on my shoulder because I didn't rate him and now I don't want to see it. It's, it's not the case. I really rated him as a youngster is that um, he's still, in my opinion, not grabbing a game by the scruff of the neck. People say that he's not that type of player. Well, you then you don't, pay four, you don't pay £44 million. For me, point. that's a Sanchez, then you pay the £44 million. Yeah. And I know that he can do that, because I saw him do it as a youngster, but maybe when he was at Real Madrid, second fiddle to Ronaldo, he, he wasn't doing that, so he got out of the habit, the swing mm. of doing that. I don't know. Well, I, I'll, I'll throw in that the, the main issue I have with, with with him actually isn't that I don't think you know I agree with you he's doing well this season, but in terms of what he does, what what is difference? What can can Kanzorda not do that when I see him play? You know, I, I don't see anything special about. I really do like Kanzorda, mm. but does he play that last pass assist? Probably not. Yeah, maybe not. But then I think I think you know you and I will disagree with this. But I think Wiltshire on his game when he has been on his game can do the same thing. I think Wiltshire does the same on his game, and I'm not his biggest fan mm. as Cozola. But Ozil, and I'm not his fan as you yeah. just heard, but he does play that last pass. But that's because he's further forward. Because yeah, and Wiltshire are, are not; they tend to be further back. But that's because that's their natural role. I don't think that they would. Make that last pass if you push him forward. I don't maybe, think that's what that that sort of player. I'm not trying to stand up for Ozil overall yeah. because, as I no, said, I'm not fair. his biggest fan. But um, you know, for me, if he played like I saw him play when he was a youngster, and he should be playing like this by grabbing games by the scruff of the neck in a Sanchez way, um, with less pace but in a Sanchez way, like then Silver, I'd be happy. Example, when Silva's not on with City, yeah, because yeah. he has it all. Because I've seen he has it all. He has a great pass. He can shoot. He should do it more. Instead yeah. of this just, I'm an assist king. Fair, fair enough, that's good. But there are times where he could shoot instead of passing. Typical Arsenal style. Yeah. He also, and you know that I like a player to have a bit more height about him, not be a true luxury. He has the physical build to actually, I'm not saying get stuck in like a 
you know, like an old school defensive midfielder. But he he, he could be a little bit less of a luxury in that position, especially when things aren't going well. So I think he he does have it all. But I still would argue that he hasn't grabbed games by the scruff of the net like a Sanchez or an Aguero. Or... Well, in my opinion, I don't think it's even an argument. I think it's absolutely fair. I would also add a final point where... We need callers. Sometimes, sometimes he does. Yeah, sometimes he does really well. But even when he doesn't, it's called culture. Do you know, you made that point about culture. Yeah, Fonte. I, I remember um, the goal that Sanchez scored, the little back heel over De Gea, three nil. Uh, I was reading about Oates' cushioned, brilliant pass. It was just a knocking, knock into the box. <laughs> yeah. No, no. no uh, this is a, this is why we're doing this podcast. It, it is because what we think, you know, the the media will be so biased they'll be on reputation a lot of the pundits are ex-players who are biased themselves are not also the most intelligent but just as an example if you've got Peter Cech who actually we're quite big fans of yes. particularly Portelia who makes a pretty average save they'll the commentators will be like wow what a great save and if a keeper who's had a few bad weeks well Mignolet's a prime example Mignolet, if he yeah, makes the, the same save game. they'll say Something like uh, they, they'll either say nothing, or if it's a slight fumble, the same fumble that they'd say check all safe hands. Yeah. They'd say make some sort of a comment, disparagingly so. And we feel that that's not right, and that even intelligent people just go with that flow. Mm. They don't mm. critically think. They they just be like, oh well, yeah, the yeah, check's much better than Mignolet. Well, not in that game, and is he? If you actually analyse game to game, now this isn't well, this probably, is an example. Is, but yeah. he's probably five percent better, not. 25% well the point we're not yeah. even making a point about Midi and Czech we're just yeah. making a point that we're trying to bring some sort of critical thinking and consistency to football punditry oh sorts. yeah and, and you know I'll get on my got on my thing about De Gea De Gea has shown nothing more that he's an excellent shot stopper which we get told all the time goalkeepers need to be more than that De Gea has never showed anything beyond being an excellent shot stopper and even when he lets in mistakes it's ignored I do think De Gea is hyped I do think that he isn't perfect mm. um, but my uh, my point would be not that this excuses him being overhyped but who is actually better if we look at it from a raw point Ooh, of view oh this is this is a good game don't say Howard because this is <laughs> no no poor. not at all not at all I wasn't going to say that so better goalkeepers than De Gea well it's a tricky one because I say De Gea hasn't been tested beyond that he hasn't been tested beyond the shot, stop, the shot stopper because the United aren't exactly Carry on. Yeah, as has been United haven't been challenged. They're not a solid team. I and mean, people say they don't concede much, but they're still not a solid team. But I'd say Czech, certainly. Right. Um, I'd say Lloris. But even Lloris, I'm a big fan of. But he made he made a mistake a couple of games ago at Newcastle. But I'm not someone who will ignore that just because it's Lloris. He made hmm. a mistake. I'm going to say he made a mistake, but he's better than De Gea. Um, I'd throw in Hart definitely, and I think Hart, if anything, is slightly underrated because he's not not as 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 a big name because he yeah, doesn't have the reputation. Um, so they're they're the three I think at the top of my head. Um, just moving down the league, um, Courtois certainly, possibly even Begovic. Really, that many? Yeah, just well, who who would you, I mean? These are off the top of my head. Who would you say I'm wrong about? Uh, I was multitasking. Go on, Sam, again quickly. Okay, so Louise, Hart, 
Begovic, Courtois, and Czech off the top of my head, and I may even be able to think of more. Um, you're going to think I'm doing this from reputation. Mm. The one player I would say no is Begovic. Okay, no, fair, the fair, rest fair. are at least close. There's not a lot between but, them. I, I, I think I bet because they can shot stop, but they've proven they can actually command their box, claim things. And you know, David James made a good point. He said when De Gea hasn't played for United, when it was Romero, who I, by the way, I'm not a fan of Romero. I think he's a poor yeah. keeper, and he's one of those typical. United youngster could probably be better than him, but because he's a foreign name and a reputation they paid, they'll play him. But they conceded their goals with Romero because they were more solid in defence. Well, I think that's a good point to have a quick score mm. update on. OK, yeah. So I've been multitasking while Portelli was rambling on about something. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> all very good stuff. Um, so it is Boxing Day. There are fixtures going on, and we're not streaming and watching them at the moment, but here's a quick score update. Stoke have beaten Man United 2-0. Surely the end for Louis Van Gaal. But they had the hiring goal, surely. <laughs> <laughs> you would think it's definitely another podcast, but yes. we are not well, Van Gaal yeah. fans. That Van Gaal may well be mentioned towards the end, but yeah. Um, Aston Villa, West Ham. It's just equal. Oh. Aston Villa have just equalised. It was 1-0 West Ham. Um, but Villa have scored. Um, it's at home People to them. People aren't listening to this live, are they? Yeah, no. So this is going to be back. They're going to know that. <laughs> yeah, so that's fine. Okay. So Cresswell should be playing for England. Oh, yes. scored. Yeah, Cresswell deserves. And then yeah. they just got a penalty. Aston Villa. Oh, yeah, so yeah. that's one one. I don't see Villa getting out of trouble. No. Um, but then we said the same about Leicester last year, did we? It wasn't this bad. Uh, I didn't actually. I thought they were quite good. <laughs> Bournemouth nil, Palace nil. Mm. Bournemouth started slow, but mm. looks like stats wise they've taken. Um, the dominance in there and with Palace's lineup with some injuries and some weird decisions by Pardew that's not surprising I'll definitely take a point in this as long as we beat Swansea at home in two why, days time why, why did someone like Wilson and not get a chance at a Premiership club by the way because he didn't start at a Premier club yeah but, the, but coming back to our point you know like he was scoring in League One for me the natural progression is then to play in the Championship did well. which is what he did yeah but then like someone could have signed him I guess well they, they went up so yeah. why would he leave yeah, but there was no no real interest in him, from what I could tell. Yeah, but for why? I mean, I mean, I'm just saying he's an example. That's the thing. There's, well, there's plenty of one of the reasons that don't get a chance. True, yeah. but if you're going to have to sign a Wilson from a Bournemouth with a Russian owner, mm. you're going to have to pay him top dollar. Yeah. Because they don't need to sell, and because he's English, and there is still that question mark when they come up. It is still a gamble. So why not give him six months to prove himself and it probably won't even be that much more money. Yes, fair point. Plus, from his point of view, I think he'd be an idiot to leave. If you come up with a club, you're in confidence, you're scoring, you're starting every week, stay with them until if they go down, which doesn't look like they will. That's potentially so a separate podcast. You stick or twist for players because some often make the moves and don't get a chance. But yeah. That's true. Um Chelsea 2, Watford 2. Again, Watford doing fantastic. Ha, Diego Costa 2 goals. Fantastic. Costa Any guard, not, No, fantasy it's football. not fantastic. I can't stand Costa. Horrible. But in terms of he's in his fantasy football team. Yeah. Uh, it, it was actually 1-0 um, Chelsea, then 1-0, then 2-1 Watford, then Chelsea 2-0. So, come on, Watford. Um, Liverpool have recently taken the lead Ooh. with, what's his name, Benteke, yeah. home to Leicester. So, just been talking about Leicester. Let's see how they react to it. Mm. If I look at the match stats, I know that's not the be all and end all of how a game we'll goes. Talk about Klopp as well. Uh, we certainly will. Uh, but it's all Liverpool possession wise and shots wise. Not many on target though. A hell of a lot off target. 
So Liverpool are definitely dominating. It looks oh, like the Chelsea defensive midfielder was called um, Chalaba, Nathan. The oh, yeah, yeah. Isn't he on loan at Forest or something yeah, now? Where he used to gone, be. Yeah. He's, yeah. No, yeah. Actually, he looked, he's looked quite good. He was on loan at Watford at one point. He looked quite good when I saw him. Uh, okay, um, City are four 0 up against Sunderland. As much as I four one, it says now. As much as I was saying that Sunderland appointed well by getting Big Sam in terms of the mess that they're in, um, that is um, quite emphatic from City. But they really need to start doing it in the bigger games oh, and well, not bottling that. it. I think on the next com- about. Um... You should create like a little sub list of podcasts that <coughs> come up through our conversations. Well, we can always just look back on our, what we said and do it that way. I don't like listening to myself. I sound like a twat. I sound... A, a, I kind of the same. This probably we shouldn't be doing podcasts. Yeah. Well, well, there is that. Oh, another goal. <coughs> the, the Man City. No, no, that's just the 4-1. It's just come up that they scored. Okay, I said that. Right. Um, 1-0 Swansea under their caretaker manager with Key, who we quite like as a player, at home to West Brom. <coughs> I Genuinely, despite the way he left, I have all respect for what... Pudis does, but they seem particularly nasty, dirty and ugly. Even more than so than at Stoke do West Brom. Some of the tackles that have come in in recent games have been pretty disgraceful. And the way that they play, I don't know. Unfortunately, Tottenham are winning 2-0. I say that because at the moment Palace were equal with points. Harry Kane's got uh, two. One penalty. Well, again, he's exactly someone who had another manager would never have got a chance. Even under this manager, I feel like they were looking for the first excuse not to play him. They were waking, looking for the first game where he missed a bad chance. Yeah. I but feel, he's a yeah. prime example. He's a prime example that would never have got a chance. And a lot of managers, they would have kept him with Soldado. Well, they would or, have signed someone. Or, um, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But then, what players do you, like we're saying, do you, do you know to keep persisting with and which do you not? It's a difficult one. That's where the managers, top managers, really prove themselves. I, maybe. I feel they don't. That's the thing. I, I feel they don't. <coughs> well, they should. So yeah. maybe he is one and Mourinho, arguably, yeah. is less so. Um, there are some scores in the championship and well, below. Do we really need to go? I hate it when people say that because I have absolute respect for the Football League, but... It's purely for purposes of time that we won't. Plus, plus, plus anyone listens to this, it won't be current, so they won't really uh, care about okay. But it impacts what we say in the rest of the stuff, so not the championship. Um, also, we're right, well, 2-0 up as well. Yeah, yeah you, no, it's 2 all now. Is it 2 all now? Yeah, you oh. mentioned probably, so. Damn. 2 all. They've really slipped. Surely they'll lose that striker. He keeps on scoring the goals. All right. You say that, he's been there for a couple of years, but anyway, we digress. Yeah. So, okay, on. next topic. I don't even remember where Defenders. we're at. Have we sort of, have we done this one? About what, not needing to pay too much money for defenders? Yeah. Um, well, we haven't really, because we, we haven't talked about City. They spent all that money on Otamendi yes, and... that's a good um, example. What's the other one? Mangala. I still think Mangala's got talent. He's got all the natural raw... So Jonas Cabal. Yeah, but he's proven through the years that it never happened. Yeah, fair enough, age. but people would have made that same argument. They would have, but I think Mangala's got the raw... He's got age on his side and he's got the raw talent. He's got the natural attributes like strength and pace. A bit like a zoomer but slightly dodgier. Fair enough, but then but then certain <laughs> then there may be certain things like, you know, positional awareness and that maybe can't be coached. But I don't know. With Rio it came. He yeah. was what he was weak at that. But even Rio, I thought it was slightly I slightly slightly exaggerated that he was that way. I, yeah, but it got yeah. better. Yeah, no, I'm not saying otherwise, but I think it was slightly exaggerated in the beginning. 
Um, but no, definitely for me, I've got a, a fan of Valencia at work mm. who was going on about how good Otamendi was, and they were gutted when he was sold. But he has a very uh, high, high who scores rating. By just way. risky signing foreign defenders for me. They should have signed, and I know it sounds ridiculous, Ryan Shawcross. They would never do so, but Shawcross, solid. John Terry-esque, but with a slight bit more pace. Well, yeah, I mean, certainly it comes back to that point about big clubs just signing names. I agree. Shawcross, Shawcross was at United. I think, well, he, didn't, he, didn't, he got really, so I, I think Ferguson said somewhere he might have regretted that, but that's not, yeah, I can't Don't sell him then. Well, yeah, but he, he made a decision at, at the time, but yeah... It, <laughs> Yeah, you don't you don't need to. You need don't need to pay big money for defenders. I mean, the real, he would have cost a fair bit. The real real top ones, the ball playing ones, you can defend. I agree, but other than that, you just need a system. It's like you I'm definitely like, need out of two centre backs. Yeah, you need yeah with factor with injuries, mm. one who's rock solid and one who isn't who can ball or you know who's yeah. more of a ball player. So you know Scott Dan gets a lot of praise now from Palace fans at Palace, but. In my opinion, he wouldn't be the same if he wasn't next to De- uh, Delaney. And Delaney is not a ball player. He just hits it long with his left foot every time. Mm. But he is rock solid. He's experienced. And Delaney may fall... Sorry, Dan may fall apart a bit if he was against next to another Dan, even at his experience. Yeah. So, for me, the fact that City have got only one of their centre-backs who's proven Premier League rock-solid centre-back is a problem. They should have spent that money on a proven centre-back, even if a bit less glamorous from the Premier League, even if it was a Shawcross. And you might argue, yeah, but that costs a lot of money, but they spent a lot of money exactly. for Otamendi. Exactly. So it's not that. And, and do you know, yeah. I mean, I've probably probably been proven wrong by this over how he's performed, but I, I saw no issue with them keeping um I was quite like um, Anuha. I thought he was he was always quite good. I don't know if there's an attitude thing, because when you're at QPR, yeah, well, there's, there's always yeah. that. Best, I mean, the thing, but you don't no, he, he certainly had the raw, again, like Mangala, he had the raw ingredients, if you had a good coach, to get it out of him. Definitely. I think he could have come good. I always make this point with Chelsea with John Terry. In some Ooh, ways, hang on, what about Boyata at Celtic? I, I, I actually never liked Boyata. I thought yeah. he, was, he was quite bad. Um, yeah, but there was that. Yeah, but with, with Terry, I, in some ways I respect them because they actually brought through a youth player. But... He he's, really, he's one of those that's a great defender when the whole team defends. Hang on, hang on. They bought for a youth player over 15 years ago or whatever. I know, but... You know, it's not the last it's, it's, example it's, 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 we have. Exactly. But it's a very... I will <laughs> give them, you know, it's a, it's a silver lining in a dark cloud, I guess. But, <coughs> but yeah, with Terry, everyone thinks he's a great defender. He's a great defender under Mourinho when he's got 11 others with him. As soon as he actually has to do any defending, when they're a bit more open, he struggles. He struggles when he can't handball it whenever he wants. Oh well. <laughs> well, that that's that's a yeah. It's a good, way good of point. a lot of them. Yeah, but that's the thing. These, which kind of proves the point. Like defenders are only great defenders if the system suits them. I can go on about Barcelona with PK or, or Spain with Sergio Ramos and so on. But that's the thing. It's it, the real great defenders are the one that's that can defend. Regardless, regardless, of yeah. So I mean, company, companies one. I know. I'll throw in what Fer- other ones are there in the I, Premier League? Not at the moment, but I'll throw in Ferdinand and Vidic because you know when United had that great clean sheet record, it's not as if they were a defensive team, and you had Ferdinand Vidic, Evra, and who was the right back, possibly Raphael then, and you had Van der Sar in goal. That was a proper unit because it's not as if the whole team played defensive. You might have had, you might have had a defensive. Yeah, we, uh, we know Chelsea played deep. 
That's exactly they play, it. It's, easy, it's an easy they job. They play Big Sam or Tony Pulis football yeah. to some extent, yeah. but criticise it when those clubs come Absolutely. to them. Absolutely. And it's like players like Dante, who I'm not a big fan of, players like Dante get slated by lazy analysts going, they're not defending. Well, that's because Bayern Munich are too gung-ho, and then you've just got Dante and Benatia against... Who? Benatia's their other centre-back. Are you sure it's said that way? Uh, who knows? Anyway, yeah. but, but the point is is that like it's just such lazy analysis. Oh, a defender's great. Study it more. Is the defender great? Is that because of the system? Or is that because the defender attributes on their own merits? So, yeah, we've mentioned company as an example. Um, Are there any other truly Thiago, quality... Thiago Silva's quite a good one. No, I mean in the Premier League. Oh, in the Premier this League. is more of a Premier League podcast. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, um, so in, in the Premier League, so someone who has proved themselves in either system... Just weird. I would have actually said Gary Cahill, but I've always been a bit disappointed because I think he, he defended he's... well at Bolton, but he can play football as well. But... But yeah, but I think he's almost turned into one of them that without yeah, I agree, a solid yeah. one next to him, he's I, a bit lost. I agree, I agree, which is, which is weird. But it's not as if he compensates by being a great football defender no. either, which he used to be. Yeah, it's um, it's been a strange one. Smalling, Smalling's starting to do well, but then is that down to United's defensive system? Yeah, how deep they play. Yeah. We'll, well, we'll have to wait a few years to find out, I guess, to be truly sure. But credit where it's due at the moment. He yeah. can only do what he can do. Um, <coughs> I don't know if there are many out there. And that maybe that's why they signed a Mangala. Oh, I, I quite mean, like Koscielny, actually. I quite yeah, think, actually. I he's, he, he's good, yeah. Considering, good. although in recent years, Arsenal's defensive record's actually been pretty good. Mm. Um, but even before, he's been around a bit now and he's always been pretty good, to be fair to him. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's probably a rare breed. Um, <coughs> I think they just said penalty miss in the Palace game. Go on, you carry on talking. Right, Are you still so on the same to topic? Think of, uh, think of other defenders or ones that does well. I'll, I'll throw you one. Um, John Stones, what's your opinion, Stefan? Right, yeah, well, this is what I wanted to talk about. I nothing would make me happier to see a lad from Barnsley who seems a decent guy who clearly can play a bit of football be a top class <laughs> centre back for England and Everton I quite like Everton as a club or I mentioned the Martinez anyway. <coughs> that's another podcast but again Everton are actually one of the rare breed clubs I mentioned Southampton earlier that have given youth a chance I know they signed him from elsewhere but they've given youth a chance before what's his name Rodwell as an example and there'll be others. Um, so I want him to be good. My point is, is, it's a lot of hype going on now. If he's so good, and he is on the ball, but if he's so good oh, as a yeah. centre-back, yeah. which is your predominant job, a defender, then how comes Everton keep on conceding goals? Three well, at let, Bournemouth, let, let, let throw, two at Norwich. Let me throw a potential thing with that. Is that because of the system they play and the manager they're under? I yeah. wouldn't call it ultra attacking. I know they score plenty, but they don't. It's not gong ho. But 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 Martinez has never. Uh, Wigan are the same. He's they've never been able to organise a defence. I mean, I, I I actually agree with you, but I'm just saying is that my point about the systems? The fact that he just is exposed too much. Well, it's hard to tell because he hasn't played in a different system. Exactly. That's a fair we point. can't so giving him craze without. Yeah. Yeah, but then you can't call him a £40 million player if there's these question marks over him as a centre-back. Yeah, but I think he's £40 million, not so much that, but it's the fact Chelsea need a defender, he's got the English Premier, I think that's partly the reason. But I, I, I get your over point, I agree with you. But I think that that's why. I'd still sign a Shawcross, especially if I was a Chelsea. 
but Especially now, if yeah. I was a Man City, because... Well, Sean Price he, is a natural Terry replacement. He's a natural Terry replacement, and for Man City, they needed something more like that. Mm. It's interesting, because when City had a bit of a spell at the beginning of the season that was a bit better defensively, um, I heard someone talk about how Pellegrini was out on the training ground with the defence a lot over the summer, drills himself, more of a tracksuit, hands-on approach, and yeah. uh, it's not really... It's not really worked. So. I, I think City's problem, though, is actually, I mean, this is why, in a way, it kind of proves the point about why they spend so much money on defenders. They don't need to because their problem isn't the personnel, it's the way they play. When, when they have two guys screening them, like Fernandi, Fernando and Fernandinho, they're a bit more solid. But when you've got Torre there, Torre just does what he likes. But for the it's, money spent on those players, point. they should be better with less people screening. Well, they should I, be better. I agree. I agree, and that comes down to scanning. But that's kind of the overall point. Is and that, coaching. Is that if you're gonna, you don't need to spend that money because a lot of it's down to the system. And if anything, spend that money on a defensive midfielder. Someone who can tackle, who can position, who can play football. That's that's the key thing. They're Defensive the midfield is definitely another podcast. Yeah, I think it's a largely overrated position. Not, I don't think it's a hard position to play. So, so yeah. I think it's a hard. I don't think it's, I think it's an easy. Johnny position. Evans doing it right now. For West yeah, Brom. I think it's a. I think it's an easy position to play as seven out of ten. To get a nine out of ten one is a different story. I think. But you can apply um, it to centre backs as well. I think we need a new podcast about Man United as well, just because we mentioned Johnny Evans. The players that he's let go and who's coming. This is my point about wastefulness for big teams. I mean, we mentioned Chelsea, but United. But then, is he any is he any better than half the players they've released? Evans being one of them. That's a fair point. Talking of youngsters getting a chance, mm. Tom Carroll, Carroll for Tottenham's just scored. Okay, yeah. Good. Well, well, we said that the I mean, manager gives them a chance. Spurs, Spurs is yeah. I mean, you mentioned Southampton. Spurs is another that's recently started doing that. Sometimes at Swansea too. Yes. Uh, okay, I think we're ready for the next topic. Yes, that's it. So the last, yeah, absolutely. So the last one is kind of just about the new manager buzz and about the transfer window. Right, this could go on for a while. Okay, so... So well, let's look at some of the recent new managers. <laughs> so let's start with Aston Villa. In my opinion, whether Bremi Gard is the next Arsene Wenger or not, it's not the right signing in the position that they find themselves in. But maybe, you know, the likes of Pulis, the good ones, um, and Big Sam's weren't available. They weren't there. Well, I, I so they're thinking long-term, maybe. Over a point about directors of football and so on, because def- the defence of guard, and also this defence of um, Klopp at the moment, and, and I'll go into that in a minute, <coughs> is, that, is that they're cleaning up the mess left behind by other managers, and that's not why they're not doing as well. Negating the fact that these guys got praised before they even did the job, so they should have done better, in my opinion. You say mess left behind the managers, but in Rogers and in 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 um, Sherwood's cases, a lot of it was out of their control. The guys they got, I mean, they had that they had a voice, but the director of football and the committee are the ones signing the players. So if that's the case, then should these guys have been sacked because the new managers come in with those same players and haven't done any better? But the idea, if if you do agree to work under that setup, then you're basically you're not a manager, you're a coach. Fair enough, I'm not and saying otherwise. And then you need to get the most out of the players that you've got. Which I agree with. I'm not saying otherwise. But then, if then they hire the new guys like your club, like your guards, and they're still doing the equivalent job, and then you say that the, it's the directors of football that need sacking. Yes, yes, I am. That's the thing, and I'm also they don't saying seem you shouldn't to have be held accountable, do they? They don't. No, that's, that's the thing. If you're gonna, I, I'm not sure there is one at Villa though. Well, no, or whoever signing the players, but the point is, is that. 
I can understand why managers want total control because they know regardless of what will happen, they will get sacked. I agree that I, I'm not a fan of this general, like, this uh, sporting director type thing in a way. It depends. What I see is you need one if your chairman isn't active enough. If your chairman's active enough, then you don't really need one unless he just needs a bit more help. You certainly don't need one who's big profile and is going to stick his nose in too much. But if your chairman's active enough, and I'm going to use Steve Parrish yeah. as a good example, then he will do the job of a sporting director. What I mean by that is not necessarily identify targets, that's your scout's job anyway, is that he will make sure that although he backs the manager and gives them some sort of freedom in the market and so on, that they sign players that aren't going to be a massive drain financially unless there's a sell-on value, so youth players, or it's justifiable for some good mm. reason mm. short term, mm. and that the players that are signed follow on the ethos that they want to build long-term over several managers mm. or the evolution. So Palace have had an evolution. We've certainly moved away from what we needed with Pulis to people with more passing football, etc. Yeah. Um, so if, if you've got a sporting director or whatever you want to call them doing that role, then fair enough. But it still should be the manager generally identifying targets and then the sporting director saying, right, well, you've identified five. These two don't fit with the philosophy of the club in terms of their age or their style and so on. So these three we're willing to work on. Who do you think? Who do you want us to go for? So that's, that's the way I see a sporting director. I, I, agree, I agree with you, but, but at that point, the manager's decision is still out of their hands to an extent because if you're saying that the, the sporting director will reject two of their choices, that might be the first two choices. So at that point... At that point, the manager has lost a bit of autonomy. Yeah. I'm not saying that's the wrong thing, but then the problem is is that they get held 100% accountable if things go wrong. I think that's an okay balance, that one, rather than what it seems happens at some clubs where they basically sign the players completely and yeah, don't yeah, even yeah. know. No, because no. if I was a chairman, you know, when Palace signed David Hopkin the second time, loved him the first time. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, you just know as a fan, or if you're a chairman, there's no sell-on value. He's on a big salary. We're never going to be able to get rid of him. And if I do have a new manager in the future, then he's going to want to get rid of him straight away, and we'll struggle. Fair enough. So I think that that's an understandable. There is an understandable happy medium, but I don't like the overbearing approach. I understand people like Pulis who want to have more of a say, mm. and I get that. As long as I don't, I'm not, I just think there's a balance between the yeah, two. Yeah, no, but I, I think one of the reasons Pulis fell out with Parrish is because he wanted to go out and sign Etheringtons and Crouches, and, and it was like, well, hang on a sec, they're old, and um, no. Uh, so big salaries, so we'd rather sign these style in but, your but then, same But then you know what you get when you hire Pulis. It's a fair point, mm. but then. Maybe they thought they could work together and they, these things happened. They realised, no, no, we were wrong. It worked very well in the short term. It's all worked out well in the long term. Yeah, no, very true. Because we would never have sacked him. Yeah. And then we would never have evolved because as much as I like Pudis and I do rate him, I know he got him in Europe one year and in the FA Cup far for Stoke. But generally there's a ceiling on the way he plays and there his is. style. And 
we, 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 you know, we would have thought we wouldn't have hit that ceiling for a few years, but it turns out we made that move quicker. Yeah, I suppose for now. I suppose my overall overall point is that because of all this, you can really only judge managers on like managers that don't have complete autonomy. That is, on are they getting the best of the players they have? Okay, well then let's use. You're talking about manager changes. We've spoken very briefly about Sunderland and Villa, yeah. just in the sense that Villa risk maybe long term. Sunderland looked very good short term option I mean, but down and I wouldn't even mind but Sherwood I'm not, I'm not a Sherwood fan by the way I'm, I'm certainly not I'm not at all but Crazy. he's been criticised for the mess he left behind well a lot of it's not his mess there were players that he probably didn't even want and then so then he wasn't getting the best out of them there's that argument but the new guy hasn't either so should they have sacked Sherwood is there a direction of football there though so who was making those scores well, I I, I just by the things you've said, maybe he's lying, but the things you've said in that is that he wasn't necessarily like his his decision for a lot of players. Keep in mind as well that it's a one good sign in these players, but they lost Benteke and Delft, their two best players. Mm. And even Cleverly was quite good for them as well. That's the thing, it's very difficult mm. to kind of lose your best players and it's quant, 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 quantity over quantity. Yeah, Let's go to the next club, yeah. Swansea, about to make that decision. I mean, at the moment, it looks like they're winning. So, I still think it's a risk, the situation they're in. I think it's harsh. I think if he had a reputation... He oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not talking mm. about... I definitely agree that mm. that on from the outside, it seems extremely harsh. Yeah. I would not have sacked him. He did a great job, even though I found him very arrogant and didn't like him personally at all. But I respected the job that he did. But they did suddenly get a reaction. So, it yeah. seems that yeah. maybe he did lose the dressing room, but... I would have still stuck with him and sent a message back to the dressing room, which is you don't, you don't decide when you do and don't play for the manager. I don't know if that's realistic in the modern game, but that's what I would have done as a I chairman. I just, in my opinion, Michael Landrup had an equivalent situation, had more time, and and, and maybe they learned from that mistake and sacked Monk because of that. Would you, though, appoint a tried and tested, maybe journeyman slash? English Premier League manager. Are there any good ones? I'd have out gone out for Rogers. You made that point in a separate conversation. I'd have gone out yeah. for Rogers. Because we're going to get on to Rogers. Oh, yeah. This is my point with Swansea. Do you kind of get a big Sam equivalent? I know he's not available mm. to try and just stay up this year, but then he's completely out of line with the players no. and the philosophy that they have, although there's a January transfer window. No. Or do you, do you get. Uh, Rogers, but it seems that Rogers may have ruled himself out. Oh, yeah, it's fine. But no, I mean, you don't Swansea, get a Moyes. His style wouldn't be yeah, the right with, style. With Swansea, they have. I they have a philosophy. Like a philosophy. So yeah, I, I mean, it's about getting the manager that's right for the job with the skill set you have. But just don't sign it. I mean, it applies. Yeah, well, you just talked. If you're a Swansea yeah. chairman, yeah, and your manager comes to you and says, "I want to sign," uh, who's the who's that big guy at West Brom up front who used to play for Everton? Uh, but Anachibi. Yeah, I want to sign Anachibi. Mm. And my point is, is that as a chairman, director of football, whatever you you can say no. Yeah, but they have Gomez. I mean, is he any different from Gomez? Yeah, he's got a bit of technical ability okay, at home. No, fair enough. Um, anyway. Well, no, no. Like, I mean, I have no problem. But but Swansea, at least you know what you're going into. They they have they have that kind of core philosophy in that. So any manager has to fit into that. That's the whole point. Is that you get a manager who fits into that philosophy yeah don't just and if I was Swansea I would definitely go for Rodgers because he's also got experience but the only thing I would say is that he is very weak defensively he's, he's a great manager in many ways mm. 
Um, and when you're down the bottom, you you need to shore up that defence. But long term, he's definitely they should. And if if he thinks he's too big for them now, well, Pudis thought he was too big for Palace, and a good chairman will keep going back and convince him. Maybe that's what's going on. Absolutely. It sounds like he's actually trying that same convincing trick with this Beasley guy because he's it's been going on a while. I, I would have, I mean I would have no problem with Beasley. That's the thing. I'm not saying like anti-foreign appointments I'm not saying anti-anything appointments it's about finding the right manager for the right job for the skills about actually doing a thorough process rather than going oh here's a name let's sign yeah. that one and it applies to player recruitment as well it's about doing things properly and getting the right person doesn't matter on generally speaking Palace have done well at that yeah. even though our <laughs> philosophy has changed because as a club we've been evolving uh, there's certainly been some due diligence that goes into the process. I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. Even with um, the first appointment that we made that didn't work out, what was his name, the old Ipswich guy? Alcoholic. <sighs> shouldn't say that. I like to drink. I don't actually know who you mean. Oh, what was his name? Manager for Ipswich when they finished sixth. Oh, George Burley. Yeah. I thought that was a good appointment at the time. It was I on paper. That. This I is what know. I mean. I didn't know he was an alcoholic. Likes to drink. No, I didn't know. Libel. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah, don't want to get sued. Yeah, Likes to drink. Yeah. Anyway, um, that made sense on paper. Yeah. But maybe he was just a bit ambitious with his passing football at the start time. At the time we were a low, low championship club. What's he doing now? I've always thought he was one of those that served more of a chance. Actually, probably down a pub. <laughs> we can't say this live on air that no one will listen to. Okay. Um, <laughs> next on. manager up, Liverpool. We've basically spoken about that one in terms of the manager that was departed. What I would say about the manager that departed is whilst I think it was extremely harsh, one thing that he needed to do was get in a good defensive coach. Didn't he do that, though? I'm sure he brought in some new coaches at the beginning of the season. Yeah. O'Driscoll's not a defensive guy. He's no, fair, a fair enough. I know, I know he definitely brought in some coaches. Because they played lovely football, passing football, from the back... There was no plan B. There was no away from home. Let's shore it up. Hence, right, I'm, I'm they lost gonna, that three-goal lead at Palace. I'm going to disagree with you. I think there was. I think there was too many plans. Maybe not defensively, but when he first joined, he wanted to implement a kind of sort of tiki-taka football. Then he realised, I've got Suarez and Sturridge. We're going to be a bit more direct, a bit more pacey, a bit more counter-attacking. He did that. This year was a bit of a halfway house, but the, and he started changing formations. I think his problem was, right. wasn't so much lack of plan B. Is the fact he had plan A to Z. No, Fair was... enough, but none of those plans involved holding out a one 0 lead away from didn't, home. Didn't didn't Mignolet have more clean sheets than De Gea? I'm sure there was a stat at the end of last season. So you know, I, I don't know because no, whenever no, I watched them play, though, whether he did or didn't. Fair Mignolet, enough, but yeah. I never, I never felt like their defence was was safe, was secure. But but then but then if that's true, then you'd say then based on that, if their defence was secure, but De Gea had less clean sheets than Mignolet, then Mignolet's a better goalkeeper. Which, which you know, I, even though I, I, I think De Gea is a bit overrated, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. So it's one or the other is what I'm saying. But why are we talking... The point I'm making isn't yeah. about goalies. And no, no, but like the point I'm other... making is that is that maybe it was slightly harshly said that Rodgers couldn't organise defence, given that... Well, certainly when that. they play Palace, yeah. we'd score for fun. Maybe we're, we're yeah, just they, a bit they, of bogey They were going at the end of the season. They needed to score a lot of goals. Not, not just that. When we beat them at Anfield at the end of last season... Yeah, three 0 something like that. No, fair enough. Yeah, I mean they did see six or so, but yeah, I yeah. think I think they're that kind of team that had imploded a bit. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I agree overall as a concept, but I think it's one of those that's slightly exaggerated. But I liked him a lot. He yeah. gave youngsters a chance. He played football in this so-called foreign passing way that everyone mm-hmm. raves about. I certainly think... He, he, I don't think he deserved to if get the job. If he had a reputation, he'd still be in a job. Pure yeah, but he didn't deserve to no, get he the he job. No. He didn't do enough, in my opinion. No, I agree. But... He did enough to well, stay. He overachieved. In that, under yeah. Pena's situation, Van Van Hal does exactly the same job as he does. Van Hal almost wins the league with that reasonably weak team compared to others. Van Hal next time finishes sixth, having lost their two best players, because not only Suarez was out, Sturridge was out, was injured for the season pretty much. If he did that, then There'd yeah, be he so wouldn't many be excuses sacked. made for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this year, people would be saying he's doing decent. He'd still be Van Hal would still be in a job doing exactly. But the same is that job. because he comes with enough? Back up in terms of what he's done in the past. Yeah, but it's, I mean, there's a lot. I've of looked at his. I, I agree with you somewhat. It's not as good as people say. No, well, that was the point I was going to make. But also, also, there's a line to be job because yeah, if you're applying for a job, <coughs> if you've got backup and credibility, you're more chance to get it. But having got the job, you still need to prove yourself on merits, not just oh yeah, I won a trophy ten years ago. I'm brilliant. You need to prove yourself on the job. Mm. Um, score updates. Mm. Palace have got that point. I'll take that. Good, fair play to Bournemouth, but I'll take that um, away from home considering the injuries that we had. No shots on target. Oh, bad. Eight off, though. Um, the other scores so far, not all have quite finished, haven't really changed. Okay. From what we said earlier. Well, anyway, um, Go on. I, I can kind of you know, I can talk all day about defending Rogers, but the point, that's not really what we want to talk about. It's more the fact that Klopp came in, all this brilliant manager. Yes. He is not, and given the point I made about right. the fact that it's this, it's uh, someone like Rogers, because the transfer committee should be more judged on how well he's doing with the players he has as opposed to the players he's signed. Is he making the best out of the resources he's had? Klopp's come in, same players, same resources. If anything, a bit better because Henderson's returned from injury and storage has been available. But now people will say. Oh, they're Rogers players. He needs a transfer window. Which I don't necessarily have a problem with, but then you shouldn't they're praise not... him. You shouldn't necessarily praise him for like. You shouldn't say this guy's going to be brilliant. He's going to improve the team, and then when he doesn't, make excuses. And they're not really. We just said they're not really Rogers players anyway. No, exactly. Um, exactly. I mean, let's let's mm. start with Klopp. Mm. Yeah, let's start back. Big fan of what he did at Dortmund. I've got a soft spot for Dortmund. I spent a few months there actually. He's. Um, I I don't like it as a place, but. They love their football. Brilliant fans. Love German football generally for a lot of the things, the philosophies they have in Germany. And he seems a very likeable guy. Mm. Um, But it was absolute media hype, media frenzy rubbish since day one because of this. Mm. And he's not being judged fairly, taking away his name and reputation. He, in my opinion, wasn't even doing any better. But they were making out, oh, they're doing much better even because before, that one even win. Even the Chelsea and Man City wins. Yeah, we still beat them comfortably at Anfield. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I definitely think he's massively overhyped. And now they're starting to realise after the last few results, okay, today, permitting, that maybe they have. I mean, at the end of the day, if it was Neil Warnock, they'd go, well, that's just the short term reaction <laughs> yeah, that a new manager has. Definitely, but because yeah. it's Klopp. Everything's built up into a massive thing. I mean, he is... may well be great for them, but it's way too early. Judge it, judge it then. And this thing, this this hits, this hits the core. This is the core of what we're trying to talk about for this podcast, right? Now. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, until recently, 
despite thinking Rodgers was liking Rodgers, wanted him to do well because of the Dortmund link. I did. But I'm getting frustrated by how it's just over-the-top praise for him. But now I also don't want him to do well because of some snide comments that he got in about Palace's so-called tactics at Anfield. Yeah. Um, There's one thing is, is that... First of all, West Brom have all right to play that way. I didn't moan when Sunderland played very defensively at Celeste Park. But I can kind of see why I'd be annoyed about West Brom. West because Brom they're dirty. Three, and... Only three more long balls than they did. I know, but they are dirty and time-wasting and stuff like that as well. Yeah, but 19 other managers don't complain about it. No, yeah. but my I would I, I would be slightly more inclined to complain about West Brom, yeah, yeah, but no, still not it's quite. Still, it's, still not uh, it's still not justified. But... <clears throat> To say that Palace were super defensive, was he watching the game? We played like an away side at Anfield. Of course we did. We're not going to go and open up Mr Klopp. Here you go, give him a game. But we were going toe-to-toe for them. We were not super defensive. And in fact, at least until a few weeks before then, we'd only had like one clean sheet mm. under Pardew. So until recently, we didn't even really realise that we could play that way like we used to under Pulis but under this current manager. So it would be a bit of a dangerous tactic to play. Uh, we have started to realise that more recently and play it a bit more, but it's, it's a legitimate tactic. He, it was rubbish that he came out with then, and it's lapped up by the media. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, Klopp's a frustrating one for us. Well, he may come good, but I almost now don't want him to for the Palace comments and for the same reasons with Ozil that everyone would be like see we said he was brilliant it was like well only because you gave him so long and exactly. was so positive that you wouldn't have given an English or Gary Monk well it needs, wouldn't it have needs. Given I him. mean people say Rogers had time but then Rogers almost won the league with what if he had done win, won the league with that team that would have been the weakest side in premiership history to win the league but I, I, want, <laughs> I want to talk about Klopp very quickly again and say that the excuses made for him not only positively impacts Klopp, but also negatively impacts Rogers. I made that point with with Sherwood. It's like, oh, the manager didn't. The, we hyped up these two managers. We hyped up Guard. We hyped up Klopp. Guard not to the same extent because they're not doing as well as we said. We're going to make excuses for them, which then slate the other managers. We're mm. going to say he had. We're going to make excuses and say he had a big mess to clean up. And it's you know, not classy. It's it's not. But I, I don't, It's not deliberate. That's the thing. It's kind of how it is. And I do even frame Moyes and Moyes and um, LVG at the same same thing. And <clears throat> LVG took over a team that was seventh, but should have been a lot higher. But because he did the bare minimum, it's like oh, he did really well. But it's like giving Red that praise for doing well with Spurs when he took over Ramos. I disagree. I don't think that many. I don't actually think that Moyes underachieved that much because it's a side of football more than more than the position. But the team that he was left. Was poor. Ferguson had signed poor for a long time. They, they finished. I mean, I, I get your point, but, but I, I just think that Ferguson really overachieved. With he signed Fair poorly, enough, but yeah. then got a lot out of them. Yeah. But, but, Extra but my, that you can't compare to because he's Ferguson. Yeah, exactly. But my over point with Moyes is that if he'd finished seventh playing good football or finished say fifth playing bad football, I think that would have been fine. But it's the fact he kind of underachieved in both aspects. But the issue I have is that it's only recently people going, oh yeah, Van Hal plays boring football as well. That's the thing, because that was a big thing for United fans. Wasn't they finished seventh? It was the style of football. Well, I think we've done enough yeah. on Klopp. Mm. I wanted to, let's talk Chelsea manager the next one before we forget. But we also said that we never really talked about enough um, with Leicester, is have the... 
big clubs got worse or the medium clubs got better. I mean, so big, let's do both. The big clubs got lazy. They they just sign on name and and not on not on anything else. I, I mean, just don't think the Premier League has actually been that strong at all the last few years. As a Palace fan, seeing us come up being very scared of the Premier League in awe of it because of all the media attention it gets I've been quite unimpressed with the level Best I'm not trying to science. take away with how well we've done but actually you know look at Watford I know mm. they've got good players and stuff but look at Bournemouth mm. I actually think that it's not a bigger jump always necessarily as people make out in some ways I actually think it's it's quite poor and I know it's only this year that we haven't done well in, in the Champions League but so much but I think that kind of proves it that it's a it's exciting, but it isn't necessarily high quality. Therefore, the overall league's not that good. But yes, the money that's been promised to come in has allowed the middle clubs to make strides and gain confidence and they've made more than anything. Signings. And they've made good signings. It's, yeah, but it's more just that they're not scared anymore. Yeah, to yeah. But play they get, again, that's because the big clubs have, have been complacent. They've made bad signings. They're lazy, and then so the, the lesser clubs they've they've signed a goodbye, for example, your your team. But then that's enabled you to gain that confidence, and you've realised, yeah, there is nothing to be scared about. It's kind of I like I think we realised there was nothing to be scared about before him. No, actually. no, fair enough. But but the point well, is, because... it's like you know, we mentioned David and Goliath. The point is, is that clubs have realised actually Goliath isn't all that. That's because Goliath's allowed them to. But once I hope this continues, that it's not all that thing, because once you take that out, then even the really good teams can be beaten, who are all that. Let alone the ones who aren't. It makes it a lot more exciting, a lot more competitive. Um, and long may it continue, which is why I'm delighted for Leicester. Exactly, but 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 let's, let's go to these big clubs. Go for Chelsea, like. Well, hang on. Let's talk Chelsea's next manager in a minute as well. Okay, right. I just want to go through a few signs. Right. We did Chelsea United, yeah, and even City, right? Is that we've already talked about how Falcao, that's the latest. Mourinho's been, been been wasteful, but and then the players they've signed, Costa possibly an improvement on most most teams. But other than that, Falcao's lazy. Remy's good, but not. You know, if he was at Palace, like you, Palace. Yeah, you'd like him Palace, but he's not like, oh, well, this good player. Fabregas, I'll give him, fine. But then Matic, Matic yeah, to an extent. But I just look at, like, a lot. there's so many mediocre squad players. We've said, we've said Jim McKell's. Even though Willian's doing well, but even, even Willian, he's not an amazing player, in my opinion. Willian? Yeah. He's, he's got a lot better. He got, yeah, I, I like him, actually. I think that he's like a good... He's, he's I think that he's... At first, we thought he was pure graft. Yeah. I've started to realise that he's got no, more he's about him. he's definitely got a lot more about him. But... And then, and then we... He's not world-class, of course no. not. And then we go, we go on to United. I mean, how many... How many media... Um, but are the world-class players out there? Are we actually seeing inflated prices for average players in the current exactly, market exactly but then this is where good scouting comes in or don't sign anyone stick yeah, with what you got don't sign anyone or either you use you or do good scouting let's say United you know when they signed a Vidic or an Evra or Hernandez or you know those kind of players you can do that I mean there's, there's so many players I mean why, why, is, why do I mean good Palace good goodbye but why didn't he go to a top four club Shakiri, why didn't he go to a big club? Because he wants to play. He wants they to, both want to play. They, they want don't to want to play, be on the bench. But I, but I personally think that those would would improve pretty much any sides. But they're too busy signing. And they're both used to playing under pressure. They both could have yeah. coped with it more than a a lower league club. Absolutely, but you know, I'd be like, oh no, we'd rather sign thirty, you know, thirty million on a certain player. Or aging players like Schweinsteiger. Schneider then's fine, but. For for the job he does, you don't need to pay that much money for it. But then there's another. But I tell you, the worst thing is when they sign someone like De Maria, and then just get rid of them. I mean, De Maria really was that world class game changer. 
Yeah, and if you... And then if, complains that they don't have pace or world-class I agree with you, poor scouting. It's kind of even proven with Patrick Bamford in the same way. Yeah. If if, if there was something wrong with the, uh, Di Maria's attitude mm. or style or weaknesses, then it's definitely not... Mm. It's definitely not a mystery when it's the, the Di Maria. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he, what, he's on TV every week. Um, Bamford, to a large extent, lesser extent, but mm. also, if he's... If he's not that hard working in training, then that's why you ask people around football exactly. and find out before you sign them. Okay, it was a lonely signing, etc., whatever. Exactly. But that is poor, just lazy scouting. Something's changed, of course, when midway and so on. But mm. Di Maria's, there's no surprises no, there. And why sign a Di Maria if you're going to play the style of football that De Gea, yeah. the, the, the Van Gaal yeah, has? Yeah, yeah. But is that Van Howe's actual style? That's the thing. I mean, it can't be throughout his career. No, it's not. It's not. I, I mean, he was doing three five two. He has fallen like, out with people like Rivaldo because yeah. of the style he worked to play in the past. But that's the thing. It's just, it's just that laziness and that that wastefulness for all these all these big players. Imagine if Chelsea still had the same side, but they still had like De Bruyne still around, the Cuckoo and and Mata. I think that'd be an awesome side. Yeah. But it's just that wastefulness that has enabled people. It's to Wastefulness, catch up but they got good fees, so it wasn't like a, a net spend. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But then, but then, where, where's that money gone? Abramovich pocket, I don't know. Begovic is a sub goalkeeper. I mean, I know, I know that kind of works because Courtois ended up getting but injured. That was more luck than anything. And like, did he actually do that much better than what? The yeah. youngsters yeah, with, I don't probably know. Probably a fair point. They spent they 20 be million playing on Kennedy as well. They spent 20 million on left back. They don't play yet. And what's his name? Yeah. Baba. Um, Have we got any more topics? Um, I, you were just saying about the transfer window, about if you were a club, like what club would sign what if you were their manager. So you mentioned that, yeah. Okay. I think we need to do that another time. I think we've overrun. Okay, well, yeah. in that case... Uh, Good debut podcast, I think. Yeah. Well, we'll have a think about that. And yeah. if anyone wants to contact us about what positions people need and maybe players to turn it around and improve or take the next step, like I think Palace, still centre-forward, so on, um, then that would be great. I mean, I'd love to talk more about Palace and the uh, investment that's coming in as well. But that is very Palace-dominated. We could maybe turn it into clubs that could take the next step with Stoke, some of the signings that they've made that are starting to come good now apart from against Palace well I think Everton are a big uh, good next step club but they've got American investment maybe coming in as well different I was actually uh, took the table of the American investor the billionaire in New York when I was there last week yeah yeah you were saying yeah yeah yeah, so exciting for me (laughs) anyway that takes us to a, a sort of a good time for this hopefully you've enjoyed it Um, please do let us know through Facebook or any other means maybe email Um, if you'd like us to discuss (coughs) particular topics what comments you have we may or may not give a damn about them but if they're constructive we will if they're just the typical moronic things that we're complaining about we won't I don't mean that in just a way to dismiss people's opinions we don't agree with but back it up be consistent that's all we ask for plus plus we're back at work next week so uh yeah, Maybe who knows when we'll get another one <laughs> <Exactly>. of these. <laughs> Why not? All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. If you have yeah. listened, if anyone's listened <laughs> at all, I'd be shocked. Um, but thankful. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye, guys. Bye.